Welcome to Season 2 of Major League Rugby, and you're on MLR Kickoff, Episode 16, with your hosts, Dan Power and Pete Steinberg. Well, hello everyone. It's 2019, and we are kicking off the MLR this coming weekend. This is Dan Power, joined always by my co-host in Pete Steinberg. And Pete, holiday seasons are over. It's time to get serious. We've got some action coming up this weekend. How are you feeling, my friend? Well, I, I can't tell. I mean, I'm so excited. Uh, you and I, along with Stacey Pates, are going to be up in Seattle for the. Uh, um, opener on cbs sports uh there's been so much going on dan the last couple of weeks i know both you and i have been busy with our day jobs it my head is spinning with everything that's been going on with major league rugby but we're getting to the second season it is now officially the first time a professional rugby league has made it to the second season in the u.s and it's i it's just going to be great it's going to be so much fun and uh tons and tons of um excitement and entertainment coming our way. Well, just hold that excitement and uh, hold that entertainment for now, Pete. You need to divulge your travel tip. You've had plenty of time and you do travel a lot. What do you got for the fans this week? Man, I am in the middle of a crazy, crazy month. I've got five weeks in a row when I'm jumping on a plane. Um, In fact, um, I leave from the Seattle game this weekend and then go to Cleveland and then go to New York. And then I go to San Diego and then I'm in London. It's just a bunch of craziness. But I, I was on a small plane last week. And in those small planes, when you cannot take your carry-on with you and you have to gate check it and they put like a yellow or a green tag or whatever it is, depending on the airline you use. And then you land and then you all get out and then you wait 20 minutes, right? So here's the travel tip. The travel tip is be the last person off the plane. If you're on the left-hand side, you can actually see when they bring the bags off. And if you see them bring the bags up, then you leave. And then by the time you get there, your bag will be there and you'll grab it and walk. But if you're the last person off the plane, what that means is when you get to that door that's right at the front, everyone else is lined up. But you're there. There's no one behind you. You can just stand right there for your bag and then off you go. That's my travel tip. Yeah. Sounds like you're flying uh, private corporate there in these small jets and you're just trying to cover it up with this little tip, but good advice nonetheless. And like you said, Pete, kickoff is this weekend. It should be a big one as we hit year two and we have expanded as we are going to delve deep into all the teams and their off-season movements and how they are shaping up for season two of Major League Rugby. And we talk about expansion first, Pete, and we get... Uh, an entry from north of the border as the newly rebranded Toronto Arrows will play their first season. And boy, oh boy, they look like they're going to be a strong squad, Pete. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that our listeners need to understand about the Arrows is this this is not really a new team. Um, They've been playing as the Ontario Blues. They have won the provincial championship in Canada. Um, I think it's something like the last six years in a row. This is a core group of players that have played together. Almost all of their players are actually Canadian eligible. I think there are six that are not currently Canadian eligible. So this is going to be a very strong side. But the, the, the most surprising guy of all of their signings, and they've got a bunch of them, is actually John Moonlight, who retired from rugby last year to become a firefighter, um, played uh, in the um, World Cup in 2015, 
decided that he was going to lace it up again. He is going to be a, he's a former sevens captain. He's an extremely dynamic player. He's going to be someone I think that we want to look out for and a new player that they've brought on. And this is sort of a little bit um, different for Toronto. I think than some of the others is actually uh, there's a young player called Jack Ney. who's coming over from the Saracens. He's 21. Um, he played for England, the U um, 20 world championship and was recently playing with Will Hooley at the Bedford Blues. So one of those, um, uh, I think he'll, he'll be someone to watch coming in to this new season. And I think one of the interesting things to look at in, in, in the expansion teams, but in fact in all the teams, is the coaching staff. And so there's a tremendous amount of continuity at the Blues with Chris Silverthorne taking over as director of rugby. He was the Ontario Blues coach. And interesting, uh, I saw this today, Peter Smith, the fly half from the Seawolves retired and is now an assistant coach with the Toronto Arrows. So um, lots of excitement. There'll be a lot of learning that we go through. They will have a challenge during the ARC. They'll probably have seven or eight of their starters that will be with Canada. It'll be interesting to see how the Canadians rotate their players to um, can, you know, still support the Arrows. And of course, for the Arrows, they have two seasons. The first half of their season is all away games. And the second half of their season is all home games. So another interesting challenge for our friends north of the border. Yeah, it will be. It'll be interesting to see how those West Coast teams handle that travel up to Toronto too, Pete. We really will see some attrition in season two as the Road Warriors will be out in full force at the back end of this season. Pete, I'm going to turn my focus now to Rooney, the side that is also new to the competition in New York. And when you talk Rooney, it's hard not to talk about their biggest signing in Ben Foden, the English international with, I believe, 32 caps for England, which, you know, for fans tuning in who aren't too familiar to the game, to play 30-odd times for your country is probably the equivalent of having an 8- to 10-year career in the NFL. It shows that uh, not only are you extremely talented, but extremely durable as well. So he will be a big signing for them. It'll be interesting to see how he turns up, though, Pete. He's come very, very late to the season, only just arrived in town in New York. Uh, he's a professional player. He will you know, be in good condition and perform on the field. But how will he assimilate into the team culture quickly? Early on, out of the gate, it'll be interesting to watch Foden line up there for Rooney, exactly where he's going to play and how he's going to play. But for people watching for a name they probably haven't heard of before, Simu Smith. Now, he's one to watch. He is an absolute flyer, born in Guinea in West Africa, moved over to the U.S., comes from a football background from Southern Connecticut State University where he had absolute brilliant 2015. I believe he was actually uh, all-conference rookie selection as a wide receiver and all of a sudden just stumbled into the rugby program there and just turned it on. He really found his feet playing for Bulldog Rugby with uh, Steve Lewis, the Lizard, and he is one to watch. He'll probably be out in the wing for most of the season, maybe on the bench early on as he finds his way into the game a little bit. But he's going to be one to watch. And up front, you can't get the ball moving if the boys up front don't do it. A couple of late signings I really like. John Quill, what a player. What a loss he will be for the Raptors. Such a tough, non-nonsense player up front there. And also keep an eye on James Rochford as well. He comes up and gives them a little bit of size and stability in the front row, Pete. New York, I think you and I both agree, should be in and around the action come June. 
I think that's right. I think the biggest challenge they're going to have is actually pulling it all together. They've got so many good players and they've got guys with major league rugby experience, people like Quill or Dylan Fawcett who ended up moving back to New York. It's such a, um, it's such an attractive place for people to go, but they weren't able to make it up for their um, preseason game against Toronto. Their first game is all the way over in San Diego. I expect these guys to come out a little slow but then to really pick it up as their season goes on, I think it's going to be a real challenge um, for Mike Tolkien to get going. It's great to see Mike back um, coaching at a high level, one of our best club coaches, former Eagle coach. But I think it's going to be a challenge to get him to get those guys together. It's very, very cold in New York. They're training outside. Um, I expect them to be a little slow to start off, but to come on strong at the end. So let's, All right, Pete, let's move on now. Houston Sabercats, probably one of the bigger disappointments of 2018. How are they going to turn it around? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're certainly in terms of results, they had one win. And, um, you know, if you remember, we all talked last year about the number of their preseason games and, you know, they, they all look like being the favorites coming in. But we have to remember that almost all of their losses came with seven points or less. So it wasn't they were blown out of the water. They just didn't quite have enough to get over the line. And it seems to me that um, Justin Fitzpatrick has really identified the pack as a place that where he really needs to get a little bit more experience and a little bit more beef. They've added um, a couple of Uruguayan props to come in and help, um, which is sort of part of that uh, relationship that Major League Rugby um, has developed with Uruguay, both Uruguayan internationals. Um, and Paul Mullen has returned which is a big win at tight head for them, having just spent some time um, playing professionally in uh, um, in the UK. An interesting signing is um, Aaron Schramm, who's a back row for Germany. And so for the American rugby fans, they may not realize that Germany actually has a pretty good rugby program. Um, they had some politics that really got in the way of them being able to compete, but they made it to the repechage. And Aaron Schramm's one of these guys. There's a lot of these guys in Major League Rugby. He's 6'4", he's 240 pounds. He's originally from South Africa, and he's a bit of a tweener. There's a lot of these guys. I think Locke is probably the weakest spot in Major League Rugby. So we find a lot of these guys that are sort of Locke slash back row. But I can't finish without talking about your guy, um, Santiago Arada, the scrum half, um, really going to be pushing Connor Murphy for that scrum half position. And I'm excited to see him team up with Sam Windsor, probably the best fly half in Major League Rugby, um, or, or certainly one of the top two fly halves in Major League Rugby. And I think they're going to be a really dynamic duo. And, and finally, just I think Houston may have had the best off season off the pitch. Um, they're building a brand new stadium. It's a little delayed, but it's going to be hopefully ready by um, sort of the end of February, early March. Uh, they've enhanced their coaching staff by adding Neil Kelly as the defense coach and um, Eagle legend Paul Emmerich as the skills coach. And they've set up their feeder cup um, club, West Houston, which was always one of the challenges. And so um, I think Houston off the field has had a great offseason I think the question is whether these new coaches, along with Justin Fitzpatrick, can help them get over the hump in some of these close games. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think the league needs a strong Houston as well. Such a good rugby town down there in Texas is Houston always 
come out and support, whether it's for the USA or for the Sabercats last year. And I think if they can get out of the gate early with a couple of wins, Pete, they could find themselves in a much better position than what they have in previous years. I'm just quickly trying to see their schedule. They have a derby out of the gates against Austin, who we'll actually talk about up next. But if they can get a win there, get themselves rolling, anything is possible. Absolutely. And I think Austin's going to be a really, really interesting team this year. I mean, they lost a couple of really, really strong players, particularly in the back row. It's going to be, it's, that's going to be a really, really challenging team. How are they going to do it, Dan? Well, I look at their roster, Pete, and I'm not sure if I'm looking at a rugby roster or the United Nations. Alan Yade has absolutely swept the globe in putting his squad together. No less than 10 different countries with players represented for Austin Elite. And let me tell you, Dozer, the mascot, he should be pumped up for a big year when you look through this squad. He'll be charging up and down the sidelines there at Round Rock after they score a try. And I'm predicting them to score quite a few this year as well, Pete. One of the big signings that's got me excited is Rodrigo the Rocket Silva, the winger from Uruguay who has lit up the ARC for the last few years with his electric runs. Usually finds himself at fullback when playing for Uruguay. Uh, you've got uh, Zinzan Ilan uh, Patek already down there who did so well at fullback, so don't be surprised if you see the Rocket on the wing Andrew Suniula coming back. He'll probably captain the squad in the 12 jersey. Great to see him back for another run there. And up front, they've got some big boys. Rams comes back. Lerome White as well up front. He should get things done. Recently re-signing Mason Pedersen and Chris Shade. And this is definitely one not to be understated. Peter Malcolm at Hooker comes back. He'll be helped out by Tiana Rasmus from South Africa. But Malcolm coming back from injury, if he can stay healthy, it was the set piece that really let them down in the run home there. They were a big chance to make the the playoffs. Their set piece just started to fall apart at the wrong time. I think Malcolm can shore that up, line out, scrum time in particular. Plus the Larson boys from Canada, they'll be lock and flank. That's Josh and Travis. And Sebastian Kump, I'm just looking through here, and every time you go down a couple of names, there's another one that you feel remiss if you don't mention it. Sebastian Kump, another player coming back from injury. He'll probably play number eight, was with Nola Gold early in the year, and we all remember what Sebastian Kahn's capable of. He looks to be back fit and firing. Pete, I expect Austin also to be up and around the action come June. Well, I mean, I think what what we want, well, I mean, I think the most remarkable thing of last season was the fact that how competitive the league was. All the games were competitive. I don't think, I think we're going to find that again. I think that, you know, maybe the ARC, that maybe some teams that don't lack, you know, struggle with some depth might might struggle to compete at certain parts of the season. But I think the top 15 of every team is really on par with each other. And I think Austin has the ability. They went on a strong run. They started poorly. They went on a strong run. I think it's going to take a strong start from them. I think these teams that are playing in the South now, there's more northern teams really need to take advantage of how they can train and how they can prepare to get quick starts absolutely absolutely this is going to be so interesting to watch these early stages as the weather and home field advantage plays its part and one of those teams who will have that advantage early on pete is going to be new orleans also looking to bounce back after a busy off season absolutely and you know the big the big name for new orleans is cam Dolan. 
Um, you know, he, he comes in from San Diego. He was so critical to San Diego um, when he was not there. San Diego felt it. He's an extremely dynamic player, and he's got to be one of the best line-out operators in the U.S., and he's a quality, world-class line-out operator, and that's really going to help them. Um, they've added some interesting sort of back row lock. Again, these sort of tweeners. They've got um, Ig Ignacio um, uh, Dotti, who's from Uruguay, and then Kyle Bailey, who's from Canada. They're both sort of 6'4", 6'5", 220, 230. They're both um, international players. Um, Bailey has had some experience um, professionally, both in the UK and Australia. He's going to be a real strong player at six. One player to watch is Scott Gale. So Scott Gale um, from the Queensland Reds had five caps. He was listed as a scrum half. He played scrum half as Queensland, but actually played fly half in the recent preseason. And that'll be something to watch because Nola have a lot of people that can play fly half. And JP Eloff was playing fullback in that game. I actually think fullback is his best position. And if he can match up well with Tim Maupin, I think that's going to be a really dynamic back three. But the big thing that Nola need to do this year is they need to stay healthy. They were so decimated with injuries last year. They were never able to have a consistent team. You know, I think if you can get um, Taylor Halden to come off the bench and that's where he plays, then you know you've got a strong team. And I think that's what this back line will do. It'll be very, very interesting to see how they um, start. And they're actually going to be one of the teams that's hardest hit during the ARC because they have two Canadian um, front row forwards in um, Hubert Bidens and Eric Howard. They will be um, a loss. I think uh, Hubert Bidens was an excellent in the tight. Um, Eric Howden is an excellent hooker. But they're going to be missing both of those along with Bailey. Dolan and Maupin during the ARC. Yep, really excited to see Nola get back into it. And Pete, I'm just going to have to keep agreeing with you. We're not going to have much fun in the commentary box this year if we keep agreeing on everything. But JP Eloff, the 15, I think that's a great move for Osborne. And it'll be interesting to see how they go. Who's up next, Pete? So I think up next we have um, Utah, which has been the mystery team. It's been a team which hasn't had many announcements. Um, I think their roster only came out in the last day or two. Um, certainly another team that was hurt with injuries, but obviously has had some big losses um, as players have moved on um, overseas. What does the Utah squad look like? Well, talk about mystery. I thought Game of Thrones was going to finish before I get a look at the Utah squad this year, Pete. That's how big a mystery it was. Jon Snow, he's a Targaryen, but who's playing front row for the Utah Warriors in 2019, I thought to myself. But they did announce their squad long last. And you know what? They've put together a pretty strong squad as well. Obviously, the big loss for them is going to be those two backline players, Paul Asike, as he heads over to England to continue his professional career there. And Kurt Morath, the seasoned veteran, he disappears. I'll address him first. They've tried to replace him with three players, O'Malley, Semple, and Reeves, all fly halves. Probably Joss Reeves ticks the box as the closest to Kurt Morath, born in New Zealand, plays for the Tupis down in Brazil. But he is what's called a KPR fly half. KPR being kick, pass, run. So his thought process when he gets the ball is kick first, pass second, run third, which was very similar to the way Morath played in 2019. I'm not sure how that's going to suit some of those outside backs in particular. 
Tanata Lauti, who loves to run the ball. He may be limited to some counterattacks on the kick returns, which we know Don Putty loves as well, or off the set piece. So it'll be interesting to see how Reeves, who now has a much more talented explosive back line than the one he perhaps had when playing in Brazil, handles that talent outside. And whether he stays as a KPR, he can start to develop to a PKR, uh, which is obviously pass, kick, run. Uh, I was the opposite. I was uh, an ah, 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 which was run, 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 and <laughs> no one else got the ball, which is uh, why I'm now here talking to you, Pete. But, uh, yeah, very interesting side. Again, the forwards will be the big one. I look through this squad, and you've got some of the usual suspects that they bring back. John Cullen, great to get him back again. You know what you're going to get out of JC. Same with Matt Jensen, uh, Makatamalau. It depends which Makatamalau turns up, really, if he's fit and in shape and motivated. He's dangerous, probably one of the more dangerous players. I tell you, Pete, a guy I'm really interested to see if he has a sophomore hangover in professional rugby is Alex Tucci. He came out of nowhere out of the uh, Okapi Wanderers Club down there in Florida and had a pretty impressive year in the front row for the Warriors last year. It'd be interesting to see how he handles that second-year syndrome, whether that affects him or he can carry on his form and probably, you know, maybe get himself a look here. But, uh, Pete, what do you think of this Warriors squad? So I think this has this has a, a, a lot of sort of unknowns. I think, um, you know, having the Whippy brothers back is going to be huge for Utah. Um, I think they bring a lot of energy. Um, I, I think we're going to see, you know, Alf Daniels is a pretty creative coach. I think we're going to see some players moving into some different positions. I mean, Makatamala was actually playing number eight in one of their preseason games. So I think... That'll be uh, um, an interesting um, role for him as a big, big ball carrier. But I think you're right. I think the fly half position, I think last year when Morath was out on international duty, they really lost him. He loved to play flat. He got got those big forwards going forward. But, you know, reading some of the preseason stuff, I think, um, you know, Alf's deal is that the most important person is their strength and conditioning guy. I think he described him as being hated and that that's a good thing. And we felt like that was a real challenge for Utah last year. But hopefully with a strong preseason, they can come in and they can athletically um, express themselves for the full 80 minutes. And, I, you know, I think it, you're going to be again, you're going to find a bunch of teams. They don't re- they're not going to really want to play this team. They're going to be physical. They're going to create line breaks. And um, last year, the challenge was just finishing those line breaks. So a little bit more experience with some players, with those Whippy brothers back. I think that um, I think they'll be good to go. Well, now we're you know we're into the top four from last year, and so Utah um, you know made it into that semi-final. That I'm sure that's going to be their goal again. But the other team, which is really interesting for me, is San Diego. And if there was one thing, Dan, that you said that prevented San Diego from making the final last year, what would that one thing be? Uh, They didn't win the game. (laughs) They didn't win the game, and they didn't win the game against the Seattle Saracens because they couldn't win the scrum. The scrummaging... Or the Seawolves. So the the Seawolves, sorry. They didn't didn't play the Saracens. I know, they didn't play the Saracens. The Seawolves, too excited, because they have brought in two props with really high-level experience. We have our second prop, Paddy Ryan. This one um, is from uh, Australia, but was playing in um, the top league in Japan. Has two cats for Australia, so he's going to come in, has over 100 Super Rugby experience, 
I'm sorry, 100 Super Rugby appearances. He is going to be a big boost. And then they have also brought in um, a hooker with professional experience. This guy is Dion Muir. He has, um, he's 29. He's played in Japan um, and has played Curry Cup rugby. I think both of those guys will be um, a big benefit. But to me, one of the really interesting things is going to be who's going to play fly half. Last year, they had two very strong fly halves. Um, ben Seema, who is now with Seattle, and um, Tag Lido, who is now with the Free Jacks and just was called into the Eagle squad for the ARC. But they didn't bring in another fly half. But look, watching one of their preseason games, it looks like Joe Peterson from South Africa, who's um, played fullback for them last year, was playing fly half. And man, Dan, that guy has the skills to play the posi- um, to play that position. He needs to work on his depth. I think he needs to work on his timing. But he can hit that line, and he's an, he's going to be an exciting player to watch um, in that in that back line. And, and they've added some um, some great players. They've got um, another Fijian, uh, Jesse um, Vermalua, who I think is going to be really exciting. And a blast from the past, Dan Ty Anosa. Do you remember Tyanosa? I played with Tyanosa. He's that old. That, exactly. A blast he from the past. Technically, he was that young when let's not come on, Pete. Come on. Too early Fair in the enough. season to start this. Fair game. enough. So 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 Ty was sort of a um almost a decade ago. I mean, probably like what? So six or so he was at the A decade ago. No, you're right. It was almost 10 years ago. Yeah. And he was sort of the teenager that was playing in the Eagles and he and he went to the 2011 World Cup, and then he was on the seventh circuit, and then went off and did other things. So it's great to see someone who's 29 to come back into professional rugby and get that opportunity. Yeah, it is great to see Ty back. He, you know, he was a bit of an enigma with his t- super talented, but he uh, probably was just missing a strong role model in his life to keep him focused on rugby. Just disappeared. Next thing you know, I was calling a game of. Uh, it was the D3 National Championship and Tyanosa was playing in the D3 National Championship and uh, unsurprisingly absolutely killed them that day. But you could just, it was more upsetting than, than enjoyable because you're like, what a, what a great talent being wasted here. Um, but good to see him back. But man, those, those Legion, I tell you, they're a very motivated bunch down there. We were at the final last year, Pete, and they were very disappointed. The ownership group, they weren't involved and you could tell that they were going to put some things in place to get back into the uh, into the championship for 2019. So wouldn't Absolutely. be surprised to see this side do well. And, and let's not forget their real star signing. Who's their real star signing? Lou Stamfield. Back here for another season of Major League Rugby. Big second row. Lou stepped on the field a little bit last year. Showed he still had it. I don't know that he's got it for 80 minutes. But that's... That's a, the kind of player that can mentor some of these younger Legion guys. And, you know, we all love Lou. Anyone that's worked with him, I got a chance to coach with him. You played with him, Dan. Everyone loves him. It's, you know, he's 33, but he should squeeze as much out of his rugby um, stone as he can. Yeah, big Lou. He feels good. We had a chat not too long ago. He said the time off is actually really good for his body at his age. And he kept moving. He didn't do what I did and just stopped doing everything and uh, put on a good 30, 40 pounds of bad weight. He kept moving up there in Sacramento. And, uh, it's, you know, he had, a, he had a little fella in Hayes not too long ago. It's amazing. Kids can motivate you to do these things. It's, 
it'll be great to see Lou back out there. And I agree with everything you said. Role model, hard man. He'll give uh, that Legion just a little bit of experience and that hard edge that you uh, need to win those big games. Uh, but Pete, talking of big games, there was none bigger last year than the championship. They came from second place, the Seattle Seawolves. Uh, two losses during the regular season to the Glendale Raptors. But when the chips were down and it counted, they got the money and they will be looking to go back-to-back. And Adrian Balfour and Shane Skinner have certainly put things together up there. There's been some shifts in the coaching up there. I'll let you uh, address that. You're a little bit more in the loop with that uh, after I go over this squad. But, you know, you took about some losses. Ray Barkwell, probably the big one up front for them. Um, at You talked about Smith. Uh, Smith was at the back end of his career. You could see he was more of a, a placekeeper than anything else. Uh, Will Holder's still on the roster, but I'm not too sure how much he will play with his Army commitments. So they went out and they signed Ben Seema, probably the most exciting name. You talk about Tyanosa. This is the Tyanosa of the current generation, really. Young guy, loaded with talent, but sort of at a crossroad in his career at this point on kicking on. He's got to the point where talent's not going to be enough and he really needs to kick on. I think he'll have a big year, especially playing outside Phil Mack, who'll probably start at nine, although I'm hearing J.P. Smith from South Africa is really, really pushing Mack and... Don't be surprised to see him get plenty of time up there at Scrum Hut for them. The Sunayula brothers back together. It looked like uh, Shalom got sick and tired of tackling. Uh, I think it was Andrew, but he got the wrong brother. They signed Roland instead. He said, can you go sign that big center from Austin? I'm sick of tackling him. And then Roland showed up and he goes, no, I meant the other one, the big one. I don't want you here. But Roland and Shalom in the centers, that's going to be dangerous because you're talking brothers who grew up in the backyard. And you know this, Pete, they have this special language. It's just a wink or a smile or a nod. Next thing you know, it's a little chip over the top, a little grubber through, one-hand pickup, flick back on the inside, and it's going to be a Seawolves try. It's going to be exciting stuff from Seattle. Up front, not much changes. They've brought back uh, the heart and soul off this squad. Hatting's back, Duchel, Dolitao, Schirmer, they're all back. Cam Polson comes back for another run. Leonard's Crumry, I mean, you listen to this, what, it's Mecha. Khalifi, Hayden, that front row that was so good that developed uh, probably the most dominant scrum in Major League Rugby and was a foundation of the sea wall. They're all back. I mean, they haven't gone and made too many big signings, Pete, but boy, oh boy, they're going to be so tough, especially we've just seen that Starfire has sold out for the opening game this weekend. It's just going to be so hard to go to Seattle and win this year. Dan, I, I'd have to correct you here. Will Holder has not been re-signed by the Seawolves. Well, I'm just looking at their current roster, and he's right there on it. But So I'll stand corrected if he's not there. Well, I think, I think you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff that's, uh, um, that's, that's happening with Seattle. They, they really went with, with continuity. I mean, obviously, with the, the 10 position, there's a change. Um, they have the... Uh, um, the Fijian lock, who has um, they've just signed uh, um, Nakaitini, who I think is going to provide a, a, a lot of um, for them. I think that's going to provide a little bit up front, but they've got a great back row. Um, Hatting being able to play the full season, he showed glimpses glimpses of what he could do. And you know, it's funny about the sort of Roland and Andrew Soniola because if you go back and you look at Austin, you'll see that Austin's downturn happened when Roland was injured. He was really critical to them, and the same in the same way that Shalom was really critical to Seattle. So I think it's going to be 
um, interesting. I think that scrum half battle between Smith and Mac is also going to be interesting. They're very different scrum halves depending on the game that the coaches want to play. And there's been some challenges with the coaching staff with uh, some visas. So Anton Norman has not um, been able to get uh, get his visa, but Richie Walker is now up in Seattle helping um, coach that team. And uh, um, most people will probably know Richie as the former women's sevens coach. He worked with me with the women's 15s. Um, but maybe what they don't know is before that, he worked with the men's sevens. And before that, he was um, the men's a men's 15s coach at Onback. So um, I think Richie is a, is a great coach. I think he's going to be a great choice for Seattle. Um, we, we forget the strain that Phil Mack was under doing that. We forget that they won despite not having a coach. And I think, um, you know, Richie's going to bring some real intensity. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think that other teams have gone out and they've found some props that they think can prop against Seattle. I mean, that's what I see. I see San Diego do it. We'll be talking about Glendale. They've done it. These top teams went out and said, if we're going to compete with Seattle, we're going to have to go and get props. And they went overseas and they found them. So I think in the scrum, it's going to be a little bit harder, but I think that back row is still going to be stellar. And I still think they're going to be tough to beat. How did I forget about Api Nakatini? Big Api. Do you know he's the only player to have played for two different countries in the space of two years. You know how he did that? How did he do I'll that? Tell you how he did it. He was an injury reserve at the Wellington Sevens, I believe. I'm not sure it was 07 or 08. And due to a bunch of injuries, got on the field for Argentina. And so actually played for Argentina at the Wellington Sevens and then got capped for Fiji in 15s a few years later. And well, that's uh, great. And 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 for the people that are new to rugby. Um, uh, and, and, you know, potentially in sevens, you used to have smaller squads and the host country used to have to provide some of their young local players to step in if, if needed. So I have a couple of friends that um, I, I'm not sure that you actually get capped in those no, situations. No, you don't. But, you don't. Yeah, they yeah, say it doesn't I, affect your eligibility. Right. Um, we had I, – I, I might be wrong on this one, but I think Cody Melfi actually played for the All Blacks at uh, the Vegas Sevens a few years ago. Now, obviously, he plays for the uh, for the USA Sevens quite a bit, Melfi. But I'm pretty sure in Vegas, probably five years ago, maybe, he, he got on for New Zealand there at one point, which is... Uh, it's, it's amazing when you think about... Kind of crazy for the young fellow. Oh, let's get back on point. We're not talking Sevens. We're talking Major League Rugby. And you're going to focus now on the team that come first. Everyone was expecting big things from them last year, and they certainly delivered, getting all the way to the championship game before probably putting in one of their, I wouldn't say their worst performance, but not a Glendale-like performance on the big day. The Glendale Raptors, Pete. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Glendale would be the only team that would get to the final in the inaugural year of Major League Rugby and be disappointed that they didn't win it. I think they had some built-in advantages based on the fact they had basically been run as a, the most professional club in the U.S. for a number of years. They had continuity of both coaching and players. And so I feel like, you know, like you said, they they beat um, Seattle twice. It's so hard to, to beat a team three times in a season, and that's what they found out. Uh, but they do come back with the best halfback pairing in Major League Rugby, so the best scrum half and the best fly half. Um, I think that uh, those guys are going to be really critical, but they have gone out 
and they've gone out and they've improved. And like I said, they they went out and they said, we need to be better at the scrum if we're going to compete against Seattle. So they went to Auckland and they brought in a tight head prop, Marco um, Fepaluia. And then um, it's the rumor is that Noah Barker, another front row forward, might be coming in, another Canadian international that's joining them. They've added um, a player that I love from Utah, um, Chad Goff, who I think is just such a dynamic player. He's a hooker. Um, I think that uh, um, Fenolio is a phenomenal player, but he's going to need some rest at hooker. And of course, in their forwards, the big addition is um, Hanko Kamasais, who uh, was uh, left. Austin was seemed to be lost a little bit for a um, a little while, but then ended up um, coming back to Glendale. And he is going to be a really dynamic um, influence. I think that they're going to, um, their back row has lost a lot. They lost John Quill. They lost Peter Dahl, but they um, have uh, Hanko and um, they also brought in, oh man, I'm, the sevens player, um, Al Jabari. Do I have yeah, that right? Yes. Yeah, and Jabari. Brendan Daly. And Brendan Daly. Okay. So, well, Al Jabari is, is, um, sort of a, a player that has been playing sevens and is now coming to 15, super athletic, super fast. Um, Brendan Daly is, um, you know, an all American from Berkeley. So the, their back row is going to be dynamic, but it's going to miss a lot of experience. I mean, I felt like Peter Dahl was just the glue that kept that together and that'll be a challenge. They have a couple of players that they've added in the back row. So they have, um, Dylan, uh, Tarkadu Simpson, um, and he can, um, uh, he, so he's a former um, Australian U20 player and sevens player. Um, I think we'll be seeing him play at fullback. And then an interesting one, which is fly half um, Robbie Petzer, who's a 22-year-old who's played some professional rugby in South Africa. And I think he's, he's there for the um, Will Maggie ARC times. And I think that's a very, very smart move. I think they're going to be another strong team. I think Dave Williams is uh, um, going to be wiser from his uh, first year in Major League Rugby, and I think they come back as one of the favorites. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, Pete. I wouldn't be surprised if you see McGee Petzak doing a 10-12 while they're both available and then Petzak filling that town jersey. I agree with you there because uh, with Campbell obviously gone, that 12 jersey is vacant, and they may change their style of play a little bit, especially with DTS at fullback. Very different uh, fullback than Maximo Diarchville. He is an attacking weapon. I keep hearing things out of Glendale that he is a player to keep a very, very close eye. And we'll get to do that this Sunday when they line up against Seattle. But that combination at 10-12 of two ball players in McGee and Petzer could really make for an exciting Glendale side. And uh, if... They lost so many players. It will be it will be interesting early on to see and exactly how they kind of overcome that because what made them so good was that culture and that you know familiarity that they had that continuity of being together for so long and you've taken a big chunk of that and moved it. So, but you just can never write them out. They're such a classy side, especially with Fenolio there still. What a great leader he is, you know outstanding season last year playing in different positions but came back and yeah they're, they're going to be great Pete I, I'm just looking through their roster now I'm like you know it's there's still some great names in there they'll be tough to be especially when they can get teams at home later in the year uh, up there at uh, Infinity Park at altitude as well they'll be really tough to beat 
So, Pete, we're going to talk a little ARC now. We've got some time left. Obviously, a huge uh, influence from Major League Rugby on the squad pick this time. Let's go through the squad. Do you want to start us off? Let's start with the uh, the handsome ones first, the forwards. Well, you know, as we look at for the Major League Rugby guys, I mean, first of all, it's really interesting. Some of the, you know, if you look at where some of these players play in their regular positions, there's sort of, you know, it's not a balanced squad. I think there's sort of five hookers and and four scrum halves and um, only two centers and 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 all of that sort of grouping. But I think what we're going to see is during the ALC is we're going to see some of our professionals that come from overseas, like AJ McGinty, who's going to come over. Um, Gary Gold on Rugby Wrap Up. It's a great interview. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, they will. Um, uh, They'll, they'll have A.G. McGinty for a couple of games and then they'll have Will Hooley. And what we're seeing is when you've got a coach that has coached in the U.K. who knows the coaches over there, we're going to see more and more of our professional players be able to participate in the ARC, which has basically been a domestic, primarily domestic competition. So, you know, I think as, as, we, as we look at the big guys, that some of the people that I really want to look at and see how they do is, um, is how Peter Malcolm from um, the Austin Elite and then the the young um, uh, Kepali um, Pifaletti out of um, the San Diego, the young prop. I think he's going to be a really interesting, exciting player. E- extremely young, but one of those guys that can um, get a lot. And then Cam Dolan. I think last year he played, he started and maybe played every minute of every game. I'm not sure if I got that right, but it's. Like he's going to be just just really really critical, and the back row probably is going to be an all major league rugby back row. So with Cam Dolan, Hanko Kamasai, and um, John Quill, I'm going to guess that those three are going to be the starters. Uh, of course, Tony Lambourn missing, giving Hanko that spot at number six. Yeah, seventeen major league rugby players littered throughout the squad. Hard to argue with those ones. Peter Malcolm, this is going to be a big ask for the young man. Hasn't played rugby in pretty much uh, well over a year now, and he steps right back in. He'll get a couple of games with the Austin Elite before jumping up to you know Test match rugby here with the USA. But he was uh, such a fantastic player. It was the ARC the year previous that he really broke out and made a name for himself. I'll shift things over to the backs now. And, well, it starts with the little fellas around the scrum, Davies and Ruben de Haas. And is this the, the the present and the future, or is this a torch passing, Pete? We're in a World Cup year. You think Davies has that lockdown? I have no doubt that he does. But is Ruben de Haas the number nine of the future? I guess we're going to find out here through the ARC. And then the 10, you talked about McGinty. Great to have AJ back. Where? I believe we're a 10 to 13 point better side when AJ plays. And that's not a knock on McGee or Hooley. I think it's just a huge compliment to AJ McGinty, who's turning out to be a once in a generation player for the USA Eagles. He should be outstanding. Samu Manoa, let's see how arrested up Samu has done. He's usually come into the Eagles squad pretty beat up uh, from pretty tough long seasons over in Europe. Uh, he's much publicized departure from Cardiff has given him time to spend uh well, to spend some time with his family on the West Coast out there. And so he should be fresh and pretty ready to go. Big, big time. And Peter could be a pretty big audition for him. If he's not playing Major League Rugby by this point, and this could be a huge audition for him back over to Europe to get things going there. 
uh, along with Tavita Tamalau. We've heard that name a lot from Utah Warriors. He is over with Glasgow. Let's see how he shows up to camp. And, you know, Mighty Joe Talfetti, he's, uh, he's an outstanding player for Worcester. He, uh, I believe, now is the leading try scorer for international hookers in all of rugby. So what an achievement that is in his he career. Is, he is he's just still going. So he, he, is. Is just, he is just world class. Pete, quickly give me your thoughts on that number nine. What do you think about that Davies and uh, Ruben de Haas? Uh, what's going on there? Well, I mean, I think Davies has it. I think um, Ruben de Haas just shows so much potential. His service is great. He's slick, but he's undersized. Um, I think the, um, his kicking game isn't as good. Uh, so I think the, um, I think Davis is there. I think Ruben de Haas is the starter. And I think they're looking for the, um, for the third scrum half that needs to go to the World Cup. You know, I, I think if, if, if you look at this squad, I think what's interesting about it is, you know, we, we see ourselves short in some positions that you wouldn't normally find yourself short, right? So all of a sudden, we've got a bunch of tight head props. That, that, that are playing high level, that have played um, professionally, especially with TT now playing tight head, but we don't know who the loose head is. Um, we've got two big, strong um, centers, something that we've pretty much always had, but who else is going to play in the centers if um, either uh, um, Lasiki or Campbell go down? I mean, I think that's uh, um, an interesting question. And, you know, the back three has so many opportunities um, Blaine Scully injured, so not available. So who's going to end up playing fullback? Who's the real fullback that's here? I think when AJ McGinty and Will Hooley are together, I think Will Hooley is probably going to be the fullback. That was certainly what um, Gary Gold was playing with last year. But for the ARC, where I think they're going to be trading off, you know, Mikey Teo, it's great to see him back. He's been so dynamic. Luke Hume. Luke Hume. Your, maybe even your generation is back. Um, I remember seeing Luke for the first time when he um, Nyack took a trip up to Penn State a long time ago. And man, that guy has an electric step and he's a physical player. And uh, it's great to see him back. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. This is, I think, this ARC is going to be his chance and he'll have some opportunities and it'll be interesting to see what he, what he can do. Um, but, you know, that fullback position, looking at this group is going to be something that's going to be pretty interesting to see. It certainly is. Don't forget Nick Boyer as well. Uh, it's uh, silly of me to leave him off that. I uh, really do have high regard for Nick Boyer, the San Diego Legion scrum half. Uh, don't be uh, don't be sleeping on Nick Boyer as well for the World Cup. I think he could be in for a real good shot. But, yeah, fullback. They've got uh, also Van Schalkwick. Oh, they've got him out of Life University. Right, young but, fella. But, but what's interesting he, is that he, he plays fly half at life and he's a great kicker. But he's he's undersized. I mean, he's five nine. He's a small guy, and they've listed him at scrum half. And you can see when you've got the other fly halves that we have, why they might look at him and say he might be a useful scrum half fly half option to go to the World Cup. Whenever you go to the World Cup, you always need three people that can play hooker and three people that can play scrum half. But taking a third player that only plays that position when you've got limited squad space is a challenge. So I see him as someone that they're going to look at scrum half, see if he can be someone that, you know, potentially could come off the bench and do something at the World Cup, but potentially also have him cover the fly half position. And he will obviously be graduating uh, not too long too, and just in time for Atlanta to join Major League Rugby. Funny that. 
We'll talk about that more on another episode. That'll wrap this show up. We're going to do another show this week because it is such a big week. We're going to dig into this week one lineups and matchups a little bit more as we inch closer and closer to game one. Pete, you'll be with me. We'll be at Seattle. We've already mentioned that with Stacey Pates on the sideline. Our CBS crew back from last year again to open the season off. And it will be uh, the Seawolves at a sold-out Starfire taking on the Raptors. But we'll dig into that another time. Pete, thanks a lot for joining uh, me tonight. Again, my friend, always a pleasure, never a chore. Absolutely, Dan. And for all of our viewers, please um, subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a, um, a rating. Leave uh, a review. Those things all allow other people to find this podcast. And Dan... And Aaron, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow and doing this all over again.